okay with the nickname of Mormon, and now uh, the new leadership has been installed. They want to move away to from the nickname. I didn't realize more. that was a nickname. I just yeah. assumed Mormons is Mormons is Mormons is what Mormons is. Yes. <laughs> uh but yeah so why um i think the time before eddie vetter uh i was there for elvis costello again and it was it was called dodge theater at the time oh okay it's i've only lived here for five years so it's always been comerica because um, I'm pretty sure it was the Dodge Theater. Somebody can correct me if I'm inc- if I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was it was Dodge Theater prior to being. Yeah. So Everything lot, fucking changes names around here. Well, so the lot, so I've seen. But yeah, Shins and Spoon. Yeah, so, so I saw Shins and Spoon. I was going to say I I began listening to Spoon <laughs> with um with what was it. Probably around the time that Not Girls Can Tell. Which is underrated. I like Girls Can Tell. I love that album. Um, What's the one that's got Sister Sister Jack? Sister Jack is definitely Gimme Fiction. Gimme Fiction. Okay, so that's the one that I got. That's the one I started with. Mm-hmm. Um. And I liked that album a lot. That album is amazing. I think Kill the Moon, like, they say, depending on who you talk to, mm-hmm. they say that the breakthrough is Kill the Moonlight. And that's the one with the way we get by on it. Oh, that's a good song. I like that yeah. song a lot. Yeah. And there's, a, and, yeah. You know, oh, now I gotta check the phone because I'm pretty sure, you know, Sister Jack's on Give Me Fiction. Oh gosh, darn it! No, I'm, I'm gonna doubting pull, myself. I, I can pull up the the ye old uh, <laughs> yeah discography on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> but you said you like. You know? But you said you liked them up to a point, okay. right? So that was kind of the point. After after a while, for me, they sound all the albums kind of sound the same. Um, I will respectfully disagree <laughs> you don't have to respectfully <laughs> disagree. <laughs> well no it's i mean i don't want to say that you're wrong <laughs> um but i always um especially with as much as i listened to give me fiction when it first came out so it really latched on to i remember being taken in by the cover quite a bit which mm-hmm. is why that it's not exactly what sold me because I did hear some on it, but um, but yeah, I I I latched onto that one so much. It's a great album. I mean, I like I said, I, I like them to a point, mm-hmm. but that particular album I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I listened to that album quite a bit actually. But. And then Gaga Gaga Gaga, I think was was the follow up, and that one had some surreal touches to it. No, I like yeah. the, like the ghost of you lingers is pretty much just I think two or I three notes. Um, two or three notes just playing over and over again with like all these sound effects. And thanks to discogs, I can actually tell you exactly what uh, spoon albums I have. 
Mm. I think Spoon, Talking Heads, The Clash are probably was, and are the ones whose discography I own the entirety of. Uh, Even though that doesn't matter anymore in the age of streaming. But that's when I've actually made the effort to buy every album. What the heck, guys? You tell I I put spoon in. You give me my spoon albums. I have okay, so I have Girls Can Tell, Gimme Fiction, and Transference. Okay. Transference, I do you like transference? Meh. You'd be yeah, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I that's the one I appreciate the least. Yeah. Yeah. It's and I've talked to Jim Eno twice. Um, he's the drummer for the band. Mm-hmm. And I th- don't think he would ever go outright and say it, but I think he realizes that's the case. Really? Yeah. Um, that people aren't didn't really latch on to transference like they had hoped. I think, I think that's the last one they did before they went on their extended hiatus because mm-hmm. then Britt mm-hmm. Daniel did Divine Fits. Oh yeah. Yeah, which um that one like that album sound doesn't sound a place with a with a spoon album. Mm. Like I think if you if you were to play both albums to someone who had never heard Spoon before, mm-hmm. I think they would tell you that it's not too much of a difference. Wasn't Divine Fits like the supergroup album? Mm-hmm. It's Britt Daniel and um, Dan... Um, what's his name? Because I've interviewed him too. Because he has like five bands. Because he's in Wolf Parade. Dan Beckner? Yes. And I don't remember who... Sam Brown from the New Bomb Turks. Yes. And Alex Fischel. Who's also in Spoon? Oh. He might have been. Maybe it was like I don't know. Maybe he was a late joiner. But those are the four that are listed. Yeah, I think. Um, I think, with the exception of the birthday, is it the birthday party cover, which is Nick Cave's old band? Uh, excuse me, I know, I know who the birthday party are, sir. Oh, <laughs> I'm Sorry. a huge Nick Cave fan. I um, <laughs> I was just. Helping out our listeners who oh, may the, not the know. perhaps naive fork buddies who don't know right uh, the uh, those uh, the, the the people who may not necessarily be in the Nick Cave crossover fandom right sure okay I mean that's fair we do have a very <laughs> educated bunch of fork buddies I I would imagine so so but um, there may be some who may not know that Nick Cave would be a good guest on the Good Place I. I <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cave would be a good guest on What the Fork. <laughs> I, I, yes, Nick Cave would be a good guest in my home. <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought the way you were talking, I thought we were going to have to throw down about Spoon. I, I honestly thought we were going to throw some fisticuffs here. But um, Spoon, as far as modern bands go, Spoon and Wilco, mm-hmm. um. And Death Cab maybe are probably the ones I would just do anything for. I just can't get into Death Cab. I don't know. Oh. I, it's just I. Uh, 
<laughs> it's okay. I'm not. I, I won't. I won't defend Death Cab as much as I will. You squeaked. I did. I won't. <laughs> I, I won't defend them like I would Spoon, and I definitely won't defend them like I would with Wilco. Um, I will. I will throw down. I will get. In Twitter Wars, whatever I, I it hate takes. Wilco. No, I'm kidding. I, Wilco is I one of my all-time lie, favorite sir. bands whom I've <laughs> seen many times. Wilco is one of those bands that anytime they're in the general vicinity, I mean within state confines, I will go see them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would even be happy to go see them out of state confines. Um, mm-hmm. I would see them in their native Chicago. I would too. Uh, I've seen them in Peoria, Illinois. Hmm. I've seen them in Milwaukee, which for <laughs> again for Fork Buddies as Algonquin for the Good Land. Huh, and Nick Lowe opened for them. No like, shit. Oh god. I knew there was a tour where Nick Lowe opened for them. Was this in like oh nine or something? I believe it was they were touring on of course I'm on the spot, so I forget the Is album. It the whole love? Yeah, they were okay. touring on the whole love. I think that's oh nine. So ish, maybe 2012. So am I going to have to, and they came out at some point, I forget was it at the beginning or the end of the show. This is going to make you upset, but they did cruel to be kind. The whole ah. And, um, what's funny is, so I had seen Nick Lowe five or six years before at a small, at a small venue in Milwaukee. And he, brought up that show mm-hmm. um and i even met nicolo after that little show oh um, really yeah and um you son of a bitch i know so he and he interviewed my uh and he, he, he um borrowed my sharpie <laughs> <laughs> and he has yet to give it back so mr oh. low sir um yes next you time sharpie. <laughs> i i there are a couple of of um there are a couple of occasions where I, I actually regret not going to shows, and uh, his show at the Mim is one of them. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he was gonna he played there a few years back, uh, and I was like, ah, it's, tickets are fifty bucks. It's the Mim, and I I was like, ah, I'm not gonna go. Mim would be a good place to see him. I would imagine. I mean, I've seen. I'm trying to think of who I've seen there. Um, I know I've seen Robin Hitchcock there. I want to say I've seen, maybe I've seen Robin Hitchcock there twice. Oh, wow. That's possible. Uh, I think once just solo and then the next time he was there with Emma Swift, his, his partner and, uh, yeah, she's really good. But yeah, I, 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 I'm uh, upset with myself that I didn't go to, um, yeah, Hole Up. So that would have been 2011 or 2012. Yeah. Uh, I'm upset that I didn't go to, Ron Sexsmith was in town for something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't see, I didn't see that. Uh, I think Ron Sexsmith is incredibly underrated. He um, is. And I, I mean, I also, in my discography, I don't play him enough. His, but I do need to. He can be kind of uneven, but mm-hmm. those first like four or five albums from end to end are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I go back to Whereabouts a lot. 
and then there's a couple after that retriever um and the one that Steve Earle produced uh blue boy that one is amazing okay so once i'm done with my robin hitchcock uh education i need to go back to ron sexsmith yeah he has he's got some some just incredible songs oh. uh you know when you get the costello nod of approval yeah, that's kinda, true kind of hard to uh but who else uh ron sexsmith trying to think i know there are a couple here and there that i've just been like i wish i went to that wilco though like i say i never miss wilco Mm -hmm. and i've never been disappointed by their opener i've always walked out of there if i hadn't heard of them before Mm -hmm. then i quickly found out about them afterwards i think actually the only band that i well no because the first time i saw wilco calexico was opening for them so that was my <laughs> exposure to them and that was the one where i saw them at the marquee so it was a relatively you know smallish venue oh God. and then uh and calexico was just awesome they were touring they were probably touring off of uh a ghost is born okay and they had uh the they had a good chunk of Calexico come out and play um anybody who could play a horn in Calexico basically came out and, and played the horn section for I'm the man who loves you. And it was <laughs> it was incredible. Uh but that was that was just an amazing show. And uh who else? I've seen uh Jonathan Richmond open for them. Oh I saw White Denim was the only one that I didn't know. And and I liked, uh, I bought their album, I think, at the show or shortly thereafter. And I liked them pretty well. They're a good bluesy kind of rock band. What did you think of Richmond? Richmond is amazing. I've seen oh, Richmond yeah. like two, three times. Um, s- maybe more than that. I've seen, I saw him, it was my, probably a few months after I moved here. Um, did you see him at Valley Bar? No, I saw him at Crescent. Okay. We were probably just, at the same show. Yeah. Again, and, and you didn't say hi. I know. And I know. Yeah. Strangers in the night. Yeah. Ships passing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I've I've seen him at, at Crescent. Probably I've seen him at Crescent. I want to say he's played there a couple of times. But then the last time I saw him, he was at Valley Bar. And that was really cool because it was just such an intimate show. Mm-hmm. And he, he plays... He's just Jonathan Richmond, regardless of where he is. The mm-hmm. setting, the stage could be, it could be a stadium show, and he would still, it would still just be him and Tommy Larkins. And- yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing is like, I could give two shits what he plays. Yeah, I haven't like, I know he's never going to play a Mon Lover song, and that doesn't bother me. Uh, One iota. He played Egyptian reggae. Yeah, uh, he'll do he'll do that every once in a while. Um, and he plays, he plays, is Egyptian reggae considered modern lovers or is that considered him? That's modern lovers. They might've changed their name to Jonathan Richmond and the modern lovers at that point. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, he's never going to play like Roadrunner or Pablo Picasso or. And I'm fine with that. That's okay. Yeah. He's so damn just whimsical and yeah well and when he dances it's one of the most joyous things Mm -hmm. like he's just he he's 
I yeah, I, I don't know. He's he's really something. And and I think he just also seems to he's somebody that I uh I reached out to his publicist to interview and mm-hmm. got a reply back of uh, you know, he doesn't do any interviews yeah. days of shows. Um and uh but he just seems like this he's kind of like this shy kind of guy and he happens to go up there and just do his Jonathan Richmond thing. Mm-hmm. And he just, he plays, I mean, he seems like he's very serious about what he does, but his set list comes off as very stream of conscious, consciousness mm-hmm. stuff, conscience, whatever. And he, uh, he just plays until he's done. Yeah. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the one time I saw him, it was, you know, as, it's him and Tommy Larkins. Mm-hmm. A Tucson boy, by the way. Oh, I did not know yeah. that. And he just played songs about Picasso. Oh, he didn't say Picasso. It was um, The Mirror. Um, yes. Yeah, he, he just played songs about art and songs about... And they all seemed interconnected. They all seemed wanted to tell this like story. I just... I was just in love with it. Mm-hmm. The whole show. And... I think I just started dating my wife at the time. Well, she wasn't my wife then, but, um, and I, she asked me like, should I go to the show? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like he's not gonna probably play anything from the one thing you know him from, which is there's something about Mary. Um, but he does play, he'll play lesbian bar. Yeah. He'll play lesbian bar. I know he'll play lesbian bar. Yeah, you know what? I don't know that I know very much for, uh, of what he did. He played lesbian bar, I think, when I saw him. Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, because you were there. Yeah, I was Ignoring there. me. <laughs> 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 um, but, um, no, it just, he just seems to have so much fun. and uh, he, Yeah, he does. Um, well, I, I love that... that Conan was a champion for him because mm-hmm. uh, I mean around that time when I think it was I Jonathan was yeah. I Jonathan yeah uh, he he had him on the show to play around that time and kind of brought him to uh, probably the most attention that he's really really had because Modern Lovers was not the success in the states that it wound up being in the UK and stuff mm-hmm. like that so yeah it's usually the the geeks, like I suppose, like us, yes, <laughs> and yeah. eh, those who are big fans of the Fairly Brothers movies, because he's been in a couple. He's in Kingpin, okay, for like one hot minute, and then of course he's him and Larkins are the narrator, right? Um, for there's something about Mary, <laughs> and I don't, I haven't watched much, I haven't rewatched men, much of their work since no. then, but I'm pretty sure something of theirs gets a, um something of his gets in their soundtrack some way. Probably the exception would be me, myself and Irene. Cause it's all Sealy Dan covers. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and I think Ben folds. does a fairly decent cover of Barrytown, if I recall. So to bring him back home mm-hmm. to say last week's episode where we were talking about the Walkman or the Walkman played, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh, the Walkman do a pretty decent cover Actually, a really great cover of Fly Into the Mystery, which is a Jonathan Richmond and Mind Lover song that night. Pretty much cemented my love of that band. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
It made me jealous that you, uh, when you told me you picked that song to end the podcast, I was I, fairly I, jealous that you were the one to pick that one. I'm going to, yeah, yours, you, you get to pick the next one. And then I, I think I might have a couple left that I own and then I'm going to have to start searching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we might actually be able to get to the end of season one uh, with what I've got and then it's mm-hmm. switching back and forth. I've already started thinking ahead to season two where we don't do, um, maybe just do theme songs. Cause I have a perfect one for the season finale of season two. Okay. But, uh, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, especially, I'm certainly not married to the idea of doing like a, a heaven and hell theme, mm-hmm. uh, because the good place to me, it's, I mean, even though there are, it smacks of, of some religious influence here and there, mm-hmm. overall, it's pretty religion-free. It's philosophy-based. They really theology. do go, yeah, yeah they really mm-hmm. kind of go out of the way. Um, right. You know, even, uh, so, but, um, yeah, I suppose we should introduce ourselves. Oh shit! We still haven't done that either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, oh boy. Okay. Yeah. This is the good place. I'm Jared. <laughs> well, worth it's worth a fork. <laughs> oh, oh I can't even get. <laughs> so I'm Jason. You're listening to What the Fork, uh, where we talk about the good place unofficially. Ah, uh, so unofficially. Yes. <laughs> oh man, I think I might be actually broken. Um. <laughs> the the man who the broken man who is sitting across from me is Jared Duran. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe I want to go under an assumed name now. <laughs> I am uh, Jack. Uh, I don't know. Ah, oh, crap! I would not be good at thinking of a name on the fly. <laughs> Just uh, what's his name? The guy from the fr- Danny? Is it Danny? The guy in the painting? Um. The one guy who got right. The one guy who got it right. Just go by that name. I yes, yes. Except I would get everything so wrong <laughs> all the time. <clears throat> and you can say, well, I, I just took some really good LSD and <laughs> <laughs> turned on the mics. And <laughs> uh, oh, boy. And everyone was just amazed with what I said. <laughs> I, so I, I was going to say, we're, we're, if we actually get to the episode... We're uh, starting our episode conversation be you know earlier than we did last week, uh, but then then we failed to introduce the show. I would have completely forgotten to do it mm-hmm. uh, had you not reminded me. Uh, all right, so I have some notes. You know, what? I was taking these notes as I was watching the episode last night. Um, I just kind of jotted some quick notes down in uh, on my notes program on my iPad here. I did not do any timestamps. So these are kind of just some, all I have this time is some general things that I wanted to uh, point out during the course of the episode. Yeah. So. And I, I, I do have some timestamps. Um, but um, I, when I was looking through this last night too, and when we were discussing off mic, it's been, we didn't record on our usual day. And because of that, um, <laughs> I have um, been um, had a lot of work to do in my free time. Mm-hmm. I've had to do some 
some journalism, um, which mm-hmm. has been which has been nice and totally refreshing, yeah. <laughs> um, but also cool. hard. <laughs> um, and it's kept me up nights. But um, so, um, but uh, it's all for the good. It's all for the good of the people. Good, um, good. Exposing bogus mucus, mucus music. <laughs> Holy crap! I apparently just can't talk. Uh, bogus music festivals. That's what I was trying to say. So. So we're in episode eight, and oh, so yeah, this would be considered right. a. So this would be considered. You know, it's a thirteen episode season. So is this considered the halfway point? Well, the halfway point really, I think, would have been the last one, which makes sense because Eleanor is revealed at that point, or she reveals herself. Right. I and guess so the reason that's kind of the peak of that, and now they're sort of coasting. Mm-hmm. Well, not coasting, but they're coming in for a landing for the end of the season. And the only reason why I bring it up because as I'm looking at the screen of the introduction, it mm-hmm. starts out just the way episode one did. It did. It's kind of a fake out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, which, which I know we'll revisit uh, in the future, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it does, it does start there. Uh, what was, so what was your, I, I have some things from the intro, specifically Janet and the cactus. I didn't and, have, I didn't have anything specifically with the intro other than, um, We'll get to it when when it plays. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just like a personal thing when Eleanor start when Michael and Eleanor start talking, or as we're now calling her, going to call her pretty mm-hmm. soon something else. It should be playing now. Well, my name is Eleanor Shellstrop, and some of the info you had was right. I mean, flattened by boner pill truck after dropping margarita mix in grocery store parking lot. That's a very me way to die. But all the other info was wrong. In my defense, when I first arrived and you said, you, Eleanor Shellstrop, are dead and you're in the good place, I had no reason to think that was a mistake. Location and date of birth, please. Phoenix, Arizona, October 14th, 1986. <laughs> so that's my mom's So birthday. sorry. That's Is what it, I used to tell people when I lied no, about not, my age. Not 1986. <laughs> I was born in 1982. Which you lied so much, that I was you forgot your own birth date. <laughs> not a great start. <laughs> but it should be enough for Janet to locate your file. Janet. <laughs> Janet. What's that? What's that? What's this? Her memory's still being rebooted because, oh, you know, someone murdered her. Janet, could you please locate the file for an Eleanor Shellstrop born in 1982, yes. Phoenix, Arizona, USA? Sure. <laughs> Anything else? No, Janet, this is actually a, a cactus. This might take a while. Whee! <laughs> I, do, I do really thoroughly enjoy rebooted Janice. Yeah. Janet. Holy crap. I, I, I honestly, I, it's got to just be that I'm tired because I have not had anything to drink. So, <laughs> uh, I did consider picking up some coffee just mm-hmm. so I could, um, on the way here, but I was running late. Uh, I, I've I've had uh, I actually lost count. It might have been three or four cups of coffee already today, and I don't think it's probably a good idea for me to have any more right now. But. Plus, it's it's you know um, for those who are listening, it's six at night, approaching seven, 
and that, yes yeah and i don't know coffee just didn't seem like a good idea well that's the thing i already i have to i have to let this the current amount of caffeine sort of work its way through as it failed to do its job when i needed it to mm-hmm. it should be getting me more awake right now unfortunately mm-hmm. and then now i need to sort of ride it out until i'm able to go to sleep oh man it's gonna be a wild ride <laughs> i you know i don't know what it is i caffeine has never affected me a whole ton Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I'll have just the right amount that makes me jittery, and that's no good. But I have, uh, I have, I I think I built up an immunity or something. I drank a lot of Mountain Dew in my early twenties. Oh my! <laughs> did you play Xbox? I did not. Oh, I was just I. You know, I, I was. Uh, did you uh, listen to Corn? No, no. <laughs> It's completely, there's absolutely no reason that I should have been drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, I, I just imagine you in your early 20s, maybe with a longer goatee and maybe well, with a Marilyn Manson shirt. You know what? And it was probably earlier than that. It was definitely early in my working youth. I had just moved out so of, of the mm. family house. So it was probably, I was 18 almost 19 at that point. So it was a little earlier than that. And I had yet, well, I had yet to, to hit that point where I had, um, you know, I would give up soda and drink black coffee and all that sort of thing. So, so I have one more question. Did mm-hmm. you have a skateboard? I did not. Or a sorry collection of hoodies? <laughs> I hate to stereotype, and I'm sorry, Mountain Dew drinkers mm-hmm. slash fork buddies. It's the worst. I hate to stereotype. <laughs> it's it's terrible. It's terrible. It doesn't. It's not. It do, it doesn't do anything good for your body. It has. It it's 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 flavor is. I don't even really know what it's supposed to be other than generically sweet and citrusy. <laughs> and so. I used to, when I used to work with this guy when I was a teenager who drank Mountain Dew in the manner that you described, mm-hmm. which is pretty much my reference for all your questions here. <laughs> <laughs> but he also used to say, and I'm not sure if he was half joking, half serious, but he used to say it. You know, yellow number five also does lower your sperm count. So have- that's I yes, I had heard that, but I I have uh, you know. Mm-hmm. But, intentionally uh, made it to almost 36 without kids. So <laughs> uh, if that's what did it, I'm okay. Um, where did we go before we lost track? Of I have no mind? idea. This this episode has gone so far off the rails. I just don't even <laughs> don't even know. Uh, I do want to. Oh, we were talking about coffee because. Oh, because I remember. And probably because it's the perfect time to introduce this, I guess. So mm-hmm. I grew up Mormon, so I didn't drink coffee. Um, but so like so, Mormons are really iffy on soda, though, or pop. But don't or, they own Pepsi? They own a lot of things. So they own. I think they still own Ktar. Okay. Because um, it's Bonneville Communications. So they still own Ktar. If they're still owned by them. And um, they own some TV stations, mostly in Salt Lake. I think they have some ownership of Pepsi. There, there is some. Apparently, Joseph Smith said that you shouldn't drink coffee, and it wasn't had nothing to do so much with the caffeine. It mm-hmm. has to do with tannin, which apparently 
causes your stomach to rot at some point. Yeah. I, I'm doing it, but since I have not practiced, I have fully embraced coffee, but I'm now to the point where your normal cup of Keurig Joe does not do it for me anymore. Uh-huh. So now I have to, if I really want the extra boost to get me through my day, I have to go to your espresso shop down or mm-hmm. something get a little stronger. But my in-laws, I think, kind of make fun of me a little bit because I always, whenever I do get coffee, it's usually filled with crap ton of cream and crap ton of sugar. <laughs> I've not fully absorbed, uh, fully embraced black coffee. Yet. I'm still new to the game. <laughs> it's yeah, I don't know. There's something. I I used to drink uh, coffee when I started drinking coffee. I drank coffee with cream and sugar, mm-hmm. and then I don't remember what the catalyst was for changing that, but I changed it. And then I tried cream and sugar again, and I was just like, "This ruins the coffee for me. I have to. It's yeah. black or nothing." And uh, there's there's something very romantic and French in my imagination about drinking <laughs> straight black coffee. Not to mention, it's the subject of many songs, including a, a fine squeeze song called "Black Coffee in Bed." I knew it was a maritime because uh, that was the first thing that popped in my mind. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, well, okay, so let's let's keep going with the intro, though. Let's mm-hmm. let's rein this back in a little yes, bit out of the it. madness. We can pull it back from from the brink. Uh, and I want to keep going with the, the, well, the post opening a little bit because I love, uh, Michael's generic sexual harassment, arson or otherwise. No. Did you ever have a vanity license plate like mama's BMW, Lexus for Liz or boob guy? No. Did you ever reheat fish in an office microwave? Ew, no. Have you ever paid money to hear music performed by California funk rock band, the Red Hot Chili Peppers? (laughs) (laughs) That killed me. (laughs) Did you ever take off your shoes and socks on a commercial airline? And socks? Ew, do that. People who go to the bad place, Eleanor, that's the point. And unless I can figure out a compelling reason to keep you here, you will spend eternity with murderers and arsonists and people who take off their shoes and socks on commercial airlines. <clears throat> Janet, can I have a glass of water, please? Here you go. <laughs> oh, gosh. You said water? Yeah. I'm so sorry. There you go. <laughs> okay, so I love that... And we skipped over. I apparently missed the part where he asks if if she's ever watched The Bachelor. I think that's further down. Is that further down? I think so. so. Is she still going? Okay. Yeah. Because uh, I I have that down as later. Like halfway. Okay. Um, I I love. I, I know that I've already mentioned that I love the rebooted Janet with the the cacti, <laughs> and. But that moment, that just deadpan moment of, <laughs> oh, you said water, didn't you? I'm so sorry. Here's another cactus. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just a different cactus. <laughs> <laughs> so I know we talk about music on this show, and I, the fact that... Uh, California funk rock band. band. <laughs> Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't Michael know that Flea is in The Big Lebowski? He may not. I mean, he should because he knows everything. Yes. I feel like that's 
liking the Red Hot Chili Peppers shouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, I they're not Bon Jovi. They're okay. They're they're a step above Bon Jovi. I am not a fan of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I actually am a fan of Flea. Mm-hmm. I think that he does a lot of good, uh, you know, philanthropic work. A lot of uh, of work getting uh, young people involved in in music and uh, and and I think he's an amazing bassist as well. He's also in Back to the Future Part Two and Three. He he is and needles. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. What are you, McFly? Chicken. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> calls me chicken. <laughs> I I would like to talk to Michael J. Fox and ask him what his character choices were. What was the motivation <laughs> behind the character choices for old Marty and his own daughter and son? <laughs> and also ask Robert Zemeckis, why make Michael J. Fox, who is not an effeminate-looking man, play his own daughter. You have to. It, it makes sense to have him play Marty Jr. I get it, mm-hmm. but you have to admit, like that first part of Part Two, mm-hmm. hoverboards aside, is probably the weakest part of that movie, and oh, maybe it the weakest part is. of the series. Yes, but so there has to be something funny, I guess, to get you through but that the first. The whole thing is funny, though, right? Because right. old Biff. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Because the, the setup... Everybody's just so stereotypically old. I'm going to talk like this because I'm old. Mm-hmm. You know? Because the setup is awful. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I like... I think I, I like part two, but I hate the setup to get to the part where Biff becomes Donald Trump. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. The, the idea... That the whole future is brought down by a sports almanac making it back into the 50s Mm -hmm. is a little ridiculous. I say this, uh, Back to the Future is one of my all-time favorite films. Mm -hmm. And I really, really like Back to the Future 3. Oh, yeah. That's probably my favorite one. Uh, I mean, it's... original for me. We can go back. Come on. The original has Huey Lewis in there as... I'm sorry, guys. Your music's just, <laughs> just too, too darn, loud. Yeah, too darn loud. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can go back and forth, but um, like it goes back and forth for me. I mean, two's by far the weakest. It's it's the worst of the trilogy, and I don't I don't know. I mean, because you can kind of see that. I mean, it's 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 a sort of it's meant to be a comic sci-fi franchise. Mm-hmm. There, it's 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 clearly. That written with comic elements in it, mm-hmm. um, with the least amount of comic element, I think, being in the first one. Yeah. But it's also Michael J. Fox coming off of success with, with as Alex P. Keaton mm-hmm. uh, in one of the biggest sitcoms of the 80s, Family Ties. But di- And did you know that Stol- Eric Stoltz was the original I Marty? I did. Yeah. I did. And have you seen stills of him as Marty? Oh, yeah. Have you, they showed the screen test, too. Yes. Yeah. Which I'm well, surprised. Well, they shot film with him. They had yeah. been shooting, and they fired him. I and it, he's. I have to give Stoltz credit because he has. He's a good sport because mm-hmm. I think they couldn't do it without his permission. Yeah. Um. But, um. But yeah, it. He was not good. I think he was right to step down. I don't know. If I, he's I, got fired or. I can't imagine anybody else in that role, though. I mean. <laughs> Michael J. Fox just owned it. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
I, I think Michael J. Fox is uh, whose work I love. I think he has great comedic timing. Mm-hmm. I think that he he has done a lot of good work. He's also done a lot of really bad work, and he doesn't have a ton of range. <laughs> um, what would you say is bad? I'm just curious. Uh, well, for instance, his performances other than Marty, yeah. uh, in in uh, in part oh. two, uh, I don't think he's great in. Uh, I heard he gets crap for Bright Lights, Big City. Uh, you know what? I have never seen that. The thing is, Bright Lights, Big City is a great book. Yeah. So there's the. So you, it's the. The the children the McFly children in twenty fifteen yeah I, not not his his best work I I I also think that while iconic that overall Teen Wolf not a great film no uh you know he 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 I yeah I don't know and Teen Wolf two even worse but well but he that's, was he that's was not his fault about... Jason Jason Bateman filled the the, the role for that <laughs> he filled the he filled in the the, the sneakers in quite he, exactly uh, and there's so I actually I want to bring up his discography not discography I'm saying discography because I'm looking at the Wilco discography now his filmography uh, because. He ended up doing a bunch of movies in the late 80s and early 90s that were incredibly forgettable. Um, and if you or if there's one you bring up, we're gonna that's this is where we're gonna. So we're okay. We respectfully disagreed on some spoon. We did okay on everything else so far, but I think if you bring up a certain film, I'm going to. Okay, Light of Day, I actually kind of like. Okay, and I haven't that's, seen that one. That's because of the prominence of the song by the same name uh, by Bruce Springsteen. Yep. Uh, Plus, which it's a, it's a Schrader killer movie, line, isn't it? by the way. It is. It is Paul Schrader. Uh, and the Secret of My Success, I kind of liked. It was you know smarmy, you know guy trying to break into the. Uh, oh, those came out in the same year. Holy <laughs> shit! Okay. Well, Light of Day and Secret of My Success came out in the same year, but I'm actually pointing to, uh, well, before I get to these, I do want to say I thought he was excellent in Casualties of War. Oh, I haven't seen that one either. You've it's, never um, seen that one? No, it's, like, I've heard it's, it, and we, it just could go into a whole side that, discussion that about the Palma. Yeah. Well, it came out at the same time, or roughly in that same time period, as like Platoon mm-hmm. and all Full these, jacket. yeah, all these, all these uh, Vietnam War films, mm-hmm. and and I think it kind of got lost in the shuffle. But his performance in there and Sean Penn's performance, mm-hmm. it's especially when they play off each other, it's it's some of the best acting that either one of them has done, in my opinion. It's funny when people talk about De Palma, they never talk about that movie. Um, they talk about his bad ones, which there are plenty. Right. And they talk, of course, about Carrie. And, mm-hmm. um, and Well, this one just kind of seems yeah. to have gotten forgotten. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, so but there's 1991 one you're bring up here. Was, he, he began a terrible run for him. Okay. Okay, because The Hard Way with James Woods came out. <laughs> I have not seen. I, I have seen this, and it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. And so did Doc Hollywood. Oh, <laughs> I kind of <laughs> okay. So here's the thing, Doc Hollywood. I actually kind of like Doc Hollywood. I do too. I recognize that it's not a great film, mm-hmm. 
but his it's it's fun he gets to be like a a city boy as a country doctor kind of thing and i like woody harrelson in there Mm -hmm. uh it's 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 a pretty forgettable film but i think it gets kind of unfairly unfairly maligned no i actually am a big fan i was hoping that was not i was hoping you would talk about in the oh in a favorable way in, in a favorable way because you talked about in an unfavorable way we might have gone we might have gone heated we yeah. might have raised voices <laughs> <laughs> there's one too that probably um doesn't get a lot of attention um mm-hmm. but Zemeckis had something that i think produced it are you talking about the frighteners yeah i love the frighteners oh good i actually really like that one a lot it's a it's a peter jackson film. yeah okay so it's good we don't have to raise voices or respectfully disagree with each other between doc hollywood and the hard way in 1991 and the frighteners and mars attacks which both came out in 96 Mm -hmm. which i also like mars attacks i do too uh he did homeward bound (laughs) life with mikey have you seen Life with Mikey? I have seen Life with Mikey. Do you, and do you like it or not? I, again, I, I don't remember it very well. Yeah. I don't think I have a huge impression of it. It's, I know he plays a film agent who was a child star himself. Is yeah. That right? I, and so there's this, there's this like series of movies that my sister would watch over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, I think, typical of... Um, any girl of a certain of a certain age, pretty much from if you're between the ages of 35 and 40, mm-hmm. and this would be um, those would be Newsies and Swing Kids, mainly because of sure. um, Christian Bale. Um, but there's also for some reason Life of Mikey got played a lot in my home. I think just because it was on cable so much. Um, Possibly, and- I remember seeing it pop up a lot. It currently has. Uh- <laughs> A 27% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> and I remember that's the first, I think the first movie with David Krumholtz. I think he's in that movie. He is. Yeah. Because he plays like oh, this. Oh, yeah. That guy. Yeah. He was on Numbers. Yeah. And yeah, he shows up in. Isn't he also in Independence Day? I don't know if he's in Independence Day, but he shows up in the occasional Woody Allen movie. Yeah. 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 So he's actually in. Um, he, he he used to be really good at Twitter until people started asking him about what Yellen movies. And he uh, got really bad at Twitter. Oh, really? Um, I, had, yeah. I have no idea about that. He didn't handle it well? Um, people were giving him grief over being in Woody Allen movies. And he said, I'm an actor and I get paid. And mm-hmm. um, uh, so that's... And he had no idea. Oh, he... Had no idea. I think the more heinous things that have been Woody Allen has been accused of in his day, right? Um, and he lashed out. I think at some Twitter people. Um, it was like a few years ago. Um, but uh, he's also, I think, in Ten Things I Hate About You. He which, is. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna ask. Oh, he was in Hail Caesar. What did he play in Hail Caesar? Oh, oh crap! That's right. He was com oh he was communist screenwriter number four. Yes. <laughs> yes, when maybe which when I really maybe like Hail Caesar a lot. I know there's some some mixed feelings about that one as far as as its place in the uh Cohen Brothers 
uh, oof. <laughs> but I, it's uh, okay. So he was in Wonder Wheel, which I still haven't seen. Yeah, that's I've missed the last several Woody Allen films. Yeah, I don't think I've watched anything since Blue Jasmine. It's not of his. I've watched. I think that's when I just kind of retreated. Well, Blue Jasmine was a great film. Though. Oh, yes. I mean, I, I again, I know that he's a very problematic figure mm-hmm. in the way that Roman Polanski is a very problematic figure, mm-hmm. and but it's really hard to, uh, and I don't want to get us in a ton of hot water because oh, yeah, I've had yeah. this discussion elsewhere. But it's really hard to, to you know, to I don't know, Dave. The films are still great. I'm still going to watch Chinatown. I'm mm-hmm. still, you know. I, I, I watched Rosemary's Baby yeah. a couple of years ago. And then I remember, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and the same yeah. thing with Wait Allen, I think. I, I think after Blue Jasmine, and I, I think I saw that one with Emma Stone. and Oh, and what's his name? Uh, uh, yeah, which I didn't see that one. I think You're I, not missing anything. I Yeah, I think that I... His output ended up being so uneven after a point anyway, but that's, you know, I don't know. It, it got to the point where I just couldn't separate the two, the, the, the man and the, and the work. So I just, yeah. And I don't judge anyone who, I don't judge anyone period, but, but that's what Michael's doing. In this episode, um, but we're not done with another Michael. Oh, Michael because J. Fox. I still want to talk <laughs> about Michael J. Fox for a minute. Because again, he he had a dark period in the nineties, mm-hmm. and he did, um, it for Love or Money, which I think was a, a pretty forgettable film, if I mm-hmm. recall correctly. Same, yeah, same thing. Uh, with- it's it fares slightly better than. Then life with Mikey at a thirty-two percent, uh, but he did do he. I I do remember his cameo, his cameo. Well, his 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 part in uh, Blue in the Face, which is that I've never seen this. Movie. Have you not? Okay, but it's that Wang Wang. Yes, it's it's the semi sequel to Smoke. Exactly. Well, it's well actually, and I didn't realize I knew Paul Oster had been involved in writing it. Uh, but apparently, it's it's credited uh, as co-directed by Paul Oster and Wayne Wang, and co-written by Paul Oster and Wayne Wang. But yeah, it's supposed to be it. Um, and I think doesn't Lulu on the Bridge fall in there as well? Uh, but yeah, Blue in the Face was filmed over over a five day period as a follow up to Wang's ninety five movie Smoke, and Smoke had been written by. Um, uh, Oster as well. Okay. And if you have not, um, I, I can't say enough great stuff about Paul Oster. Okay. He's, um, and, and he's an incredible writer. He, he wrote, he wrote, there's a book for girl on the bridge, right? Or, and, or there's a movie. There's something he did that I attempted to do. And I just, has nothing to do with him. I just can't get into it. Um, let's see. I didn't realize. Yeah, he did. Lulu on the Bridge was he wrote the screenplay for, and that was. Um, oh, he also directed it. Okay. Interesting. Uh, but also had Harvey Keitel. Yeah. And Willem Dafoe. Oh, Willem. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, we're, I swear we're, we're getting our way back to the good place. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll end this digression soon. It just, it went down several rabbit holes, but, uh, yeah, I, Paul Oster, his, his writing, um, I, I, I've read, he's probably best known for the New York trilogy, mm-hmm. um, City of Glass, Ghosts in the Locked Room. Um, but I've read Mr. Vertigo, which was a, oh, did I read Mr. Vertigo? I didn't. I read Man in the Dark and Travels in the Scriptorium. He, he does, he's probably the best example in my opinion of the American school of magical realism. Okay. Uh, you know, where like Garcia Marquez would fall into that or probably Mirakami would fall into that as well. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, he, he's, he's, I think the best American example of that. Him and, uh, uh, Stephen Milhauser. Anyway. Okay. Uh, am I finished? Am I finished with you, Michael J. Fox? Um, oh, and he was in the American president. I remember that. Oh, that's right. Cause he's the chief of staff, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's like the the George Stephanopoulos, right? Mm-hmm. Of the of the film. Yes. I think his character was based on him. I mean that's an Aaron Sorkin thing. Yeah. An Aaron Sorkin joint. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin joint. Directed by Rob Reiner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a really I remember liking that film a lot. And it led to to Spin City. Yes. Kinda. I remember American President being part and this will be my brief digression here. Mm-hmm. Being part of these um series of movies there was that one and then there's dave where um yeah the every man you being able to relate to people in power um and i would even put i would even be so bold to put air force one in this category too though get off my plane (laughs) where it's a it's a man in power that you can relate to sure the thing i um i I think i'm pretty sure that every harrison ford film though every every role (laughs) fits with hero who you can relate to yes uh, every man as it exactly, were exactly <laughs> exactly so and just because he happens to be the leader of the free world mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can't have a beer with him right right right, right. kick him off your plane and yeah be hijacked by russian terrorists he's not gonna uh, he doesn't have that shit in his house so it's just not gonna fly but uh, so i remember the thing i remember about dave mm-hmm. and this is something i came up i just think about more and more so there's a scene in dave mm-hmm. where, which i've seen many times um which i i'm waiting for it to just show up on a streaming service where i don't have to pay to rent it ah or just buy it i'm sure you can find I, it somewhere, oh, i'm pretty right? sure i could just go as you and just spend five bucks or if something. that yeah so um because while i love it i don't yeah. think it's terribly well regarded <laughs> so um our longtime friend of the podcast forked by jason woodbury can uh-huh. me a copy <laughs> i'll be there <laughs> i i like dave a lot i i think that uh i will usually even if i don't enjoy the overall film i enjoy kevin klein's performances and so and the other thing i love about that there's a lot of things i love about that movie mm-hmm. but and so there's a scene um where Charles Grodin, mm-hmm. his partner from his buddy from this, um, oh Charles Grodin <laughs> from this uh, from this town that where they find them, mm-hmm. and he says, "Can I'm looking to like cut the budget?" Mm-hmm. And he looks at the books of the American government. He's like, "If I ran my books like this, <laughs> I'd be out business." <laughs> and I'm just thinking, what we really need is we just need. 
an accountant, maybe a Norm Pearson, as it were. Sure. <laughs> sure. Look at the books of the United States government. And then oh, we can boy. stop bitching about the budget. <laughs> he would look at the books and then run to cheers. Yes. It might actually cause him to run. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Everything's such a mess. I know, but oh man. Um, but I there's that that um, every man that you can relate to. Um, that's what I love so much about Dave and the American president, and even to the certain degree, Air Force One. Sure. Yeah. All right, we can be done with Michael J. Fox's career now. Uh, other than I, I did of his, um, of his, you know, like guest spots and arcs and things because he tends to show up places. I thought his arc on uh, on Scrubs was really good. Oh yeah, I liked his his role a lot. Um, kind of parlaying his his parkinson's ticks into ocd behavior mm. and using that and yeah. yeah i that's a show that never got any love scrubs yeah i thought it was a great i show. loved it yeah. oh i loved it um it had its problems and it never should have come back with scrubs the college years or whatever the oh fuck yeah that was you and um <laughs> you and Kristen um just mentioned scrubs to Kristen, and okay. she'll just She'll tell you that the is it season nine where they yeah. with Franco's in it? Yeah, it's the Dave it's Franco. Dave Franco, yeah. Yeah. You you I too. mean James Franco could have been in it and it wouldn't have made any difference to the quality <laughs> of it whatsoever. She will um she has very strong opinions. Mm-hmm. They're very similar to yours. I have a feeling this will um if you haven't bonded over what you have in common, which is me, <laughs> <laughs> um, that will um, that will certainly be um, you'll become fast. Friends. I just I don't know what I, you know, and I think that if I'm pretty sure that the original plan was to not have Zach Braff come back and have it be Turk and and uh, Doctor Cox. Yeah, I think by then though he had. I think he was working on a follow-up to Garden State or something at that point. So he wanted to take a step back or something. Which I still like Garden State. <laughs> I realize that that there there are some issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's... it's I don't know. I haven't... I have, I have a lot of problems with which I was here. I have a lot of problems with that movie. And I, I still haven't seen that. Um... There's um yeah there's uh, there's some problems with that one I it's hard for me to watch Garden State for a lot of reasons mm-hmm. it hits close to home because um oh because of of your my mom, your mom passing away yeah. and um and it's oddly enough on um on the way home from my mom's funeral from Detroit to Illinois I watched a uh, horrible DVD player huh. <laughs> and. <laughs> Um, balled my eyes out for about three hours uh and then uh but that's um but also there's a lot um there are a lot of problems i think with that movie too i haven't watched it in a while but i just remember um there's so much talk about mac pixie dream girls yeah and well i don't think while I'll defend Elizabeth Town to a degree, I think the most glaring example of the Mac Pixie Dream Girl mm-hmm. is Natalie Portman's character in Garden State. Yeah. Just because apparently 
she can give you let her borrow your headphones, put on some shins. Mm-hmm. Going back to the shins, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're suddenly you're. Well, life and that has was changed. my introduction to the shins too. I hadn't mm-hmm. I hadn't heard them before that that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard that album. Mm-hmm. I've I was introduced with Shoots Too Narrow. That's I think the second album. When I was working in the, I, I think that that came maybe it came out when I was working in a Barnes Noble music department. Mm-hmm. Might have been. I don't know. I remember working there and playing the shins a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, shoots too narrow. I like. I those are probably still my two favorites. Are mm-hmm. are O inverted world and and shoots too narrow. Um, Wincing the night away. I think um, that one's pretty good. That one's good, just simply because sleeping lessons is that yeah mm-hmm. is amazing. And going back to that Spoon Shin show at Comerica, uh-huh. that um, Sleeping Lessons was the encore. Oh, nice! And um, your boy got your your boy got crazy on the <laughs> stage. Um, I jumped up and down like a giddy old schoolboy because I was the of all the songs I wanted to hear. That was the one I wanted to hear, and he saved it for last, and it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so we we may have a small problem in that um, it's the show's hit an hour already, and <laughs> we're all four we've minutes into the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, well. Well, going and sorry. One more thing I did want to get to sure. before we to bring it back to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, Anthony! I forgot yeah. about that already. Anthony Kiedis uh-huh. is in Point Break, and I think we need to acknowledge that. Do we? We do because okay. I, I assume that you are like me, and you think that Point Break is one of the one of the finest action movies ever made. I have to say, I've never seen Point Break. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see this, but uh, but Jason actually can't talk right now. <laughs> Done silent. <laughs> I, 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 it's one of those films where I was aware of it when it came out, and mm. and Patrick Swayze's blonde hair, and you know, uh, mm. Keanu Reeves, of course. And was that that was post Bill and Ted, right? Yeah, uh, it was pre Speed, right? Post Bill and Ted, directed by Catherine Bigelow, mm-hmm. who I believe was married to James Cameron at the time. Who then went on to do Hurt Locker. and Right. Yeah, uh, Catherine Bigelow, not James, James right. Cameron. Obviously. Right. Um, but uh, James Cameron ghost wrote the script. No kidding. Um, and um, heavily referenced in uh, and influential in many movies, uh, most nobly in the film Hot Fuzz. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which I've seen Hot Fuzz many times. Yes. So... <laughs> Um, if, uh, so my suggestion would be to go watch point to break. watch point break <laughs> and then watch hot fuzz afterwards and then prepare to I'll, just appreciate have, hot fuzz even more. I'll have some new, all right. I, you know, it was one of those things where it, it came out, it happened. I didn't watch it then. And then it got referenced so much for so mm-hmm. long that it just, I'm not what I'm, I haven't not watched it for any specific reason. Mm-hmm. It's just not been a thought my fear is that i've now built it in your head so much now i'll forget when you again. see it <laughs> you'll be like what 
the hell was he thinking? <laughs> I mean, it was okay. <laughs> well, all right. I I I will take the recommendation and watch it though. At some point. I will wait a sufficient amount of time to where I will have forgotten what you said about it. Okay. Uh, I do, we'll, we'll probably have to, to speed this one along a little bit, uh, but I, I do want to get to a little more of the intro because there's some, some very important stuff that's introduced. I really do have sympathy for your situation. I mean, you thought your soulmate was a good person and then you learned that she's just an immoral grifter. Oh, honey, please. Am I wrong? <laughs> she lied to everyone. She caused a giant sinkhole into which poor Glenn fell. <laughs> she caused a trash storm. She, well, she pretended to be my friend when I really needed one. At least we forget she murdered Janet. As far as I'm concerned, the sooner she's gone, the better off we'll all be. I, I understand that Eleanor violated our trust, but please... When you're talking to Michael, try to think about what she's had to go through. All right. I will. For you. <laughs> but we've been through a lot as well. You know, I haven't been this upset since my good friend Taylor was rudely upstaged by my other friend Kanye, who was defending my best friend, Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, a multi-part question. Did you ever appear on the American television program, The Bachelor? or its companion shows The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise, or post on any social media site that you were emotionally invested in any of the relationships the contestants were pursuing? No. Okay. You did very well on the questionnaire. <laughs> so far, so good. Michael, good news. I was able to obtain Eleanor Shellstrop's file. Is it actually a cactus? I don't understand. I want to see the file for Eleanor Shellstrop. Is that what you have, or do you have a cactus? I have the file. You're sure? You have the file and, and not a cactus? That is correct. I have Eleanor Shellstrop's file. I do not have a cactus. <laughs> Excellent. Please, give me the file. Here you go. <laughs> Thank you, Janet. You're welcome. Well, I say so, we call it a day. Yes. I mean, I nailed the questionnaire. I know. And uh, you're swimming in cacti. We have enough good taste to know mm -hmm. that we would never you and i would never watch the bachelor nor any of its offshoot shows it's we, actually my favorite show is it I'm, no it is really not oh. i've never i've never actually seen an episode well it was it. a great episode it was a great episode eight episode run here at what the fork <laughs> um no i've, I've actually <laughs> i've actually never seen the I've, episode and i've never, seen, I've it never seen it but, but um i i as you and i have both said many times we are emotionally involved in the show to the point where we started doing a podcast about it yes does yeah, that make sure. us does this make us go to the bad place i don't think so because this is not the bachelor mm -hmm. so sure this is a show of high quality exactly uh although according to you know the beginning of the show where they talk about any musicians or any artists at all <laughs> all being in the bad place Anybody involved in this show, and probably uh, by proxy us as well, yes. would be in the bad place. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think we're the math doesn't favor us. <laughs> uh, okay, is the truth cube the very next thing? Yeah, I think this is where he breaks out the truth cube because the truth cube is awesome. Can't we just chalk this up to a hilarious mistake and move on? No, we can't, <laughs> Eleanor. There's no such thing as a mistake in this realm. 
and yet you are somehow a mistake. I mean, you're a giant chunk of spinach in the teeth of the universe. I love that line. Yes. I actually wrote that down, giant chunk of spinach in the teeth of the universe, <laughs> verbatim. I need to understand every facet of this disaster. Tell me a lie about yourself. Any lie. I love the opera. And now a truth. I love women's MMA. <laughs> we don't like to use this. We've never really had a call for it Who before you, Eleanor? but in the interest of time. Eleanor, did you murder Janet? No, I did not. Do you know who did? Yes. Will you tell me who it was? No. I assume it was one of your friends, and I admire you for protecting him or her. But Eleanor, in a good place, there's no room for bad people or bad actions. So anyone involved in the murder of Janet will be reviewed and judged. And there will be consequences. Dun, dun, dun. Dahani, come on in. Judy? Imposter who soiled our paradise with her moral turpitude. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for confessing. I don't know what I would have done. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm amazing. Bad news. <laughs> Michael knows I didn't kill Janet, which means it's only a matter of time before he finds out that you did. And that you did it because you were trying to stop Bonehead Jones over here. Hey, homies. Then he'll figure out that John is also <laughs> And he's put his shoes here's the on real dong stands. buster. Michael said anybody who did anything bad might have to go. Oh. Which means Janu's gone, you might be gone, and all three of us are royally forking forked! This is terrible. What am I supposed to do if you ask me? I don't know. Kant would say that lying in any scenario is wrong, so if Michael asks you if you killed Janet, you should say yes. On the other hand, snitches do get stitches. That is true. <laughs> so, I... I... <laughs> Obviously, you know, Chidi is delighted, and as as was I, that, yes. that Eleanor just cited Kant off the top of her head, and also in the same breath said, but snitches do get, get stitches. stitches. <laughs> <laughs> it's this combination of high and low brow that just... Yeah, yep, it just, it's, it's one glorious roller coaster of awesome. <laughs> so, um... And did you want to talk about Tahani uh, and Tahani's interrogation? I, you know what? I didn't really make note of that. So I only, the only thing I know is that we have admitted many times that she is selfish. Again, right. dropping her friend Taylor and her friend Kanye. Yes. Um, yes. But I, I think. And thing, her best friend Beyonce. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, um, which is funny because she's practically Beyonce's sister <laughs> oh yeah uh, her sister is the her, she's the she's a solange to her sister we've mentioned before gotcha yeah. okay yes yeah oh that's you're making i'm like yeah is, is the actress related no, no, no. to be i don't see that that's no but you're saying that tahani is the solange to, to her, her sister beyonce right yeah. yes okay no that makes sense what is what is her sister's name? Solange. No, 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 no. What is Tahani's sister's name? I, it's escaping me right now. Will, yeah. Oh, I was going to say we'll find out in the next episode, but I was confusing the next episode we're going to watch here with the episode that aired this week. Which I haven't watched yet. Wait. Today's Wednesday. So episode so tomorrow. Episode tomorrow. So last week. Yeah, I haven't watched <laughs> last week's yet. 
Okay. I think the only so is this the first and last time we do a late evening recording? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> uh, right, right. So I, I did. Um, yes, but I guess so. The only thing I was going to say is, is she's many things, mm-hmm. selfish, but she's not a liar. Right, right, right. right. Which I makes her. Uh, she's always has these redeemable qualities, but I find that to be a very redeemable quality, and she didn't sell out. Yeah. Yes, Eleanor. I did like the whole bit of Michael playing with Jianyu. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get to pass to Honey here. Oops. Okay. And I actually had a time mark at eight fifty. Okay. Um, but probably a few seconds before then, and I think it leads into Jianyu's judgment. Well, I actually got the time marker exactly. He's going to call you in there in a second. Don't worry. I got you. I'll just tell Michael you're the bomb and that you got a dope soul and held ethics. Oh, boy. No, don't say <laughs> any of that. Michael has a lie detector in there. It's a it's a glowing cube. Like the Allspark from Transformers. <laughs> sure. Yes. I just like the Allspark from Transformers. And, and he'll know instantly if you're lying about anything. So only smiles and nods. Got it? Wise, sage, Fucking Michael Bay. centered John. I seek your wisdom in this moment of crisis. What to do with Eleanor? Should I let her stay? Should I send her away? (laughs) You think I should send her away? No, I should let her stay? (laughs) Or or no, I shouldn't let her stay because she doesn't belong here? Or no, I shouldn't let her stay even though she does belong here? Oh. (laughs) John, I wish I had your wisdom. Your devotion to the noble truths has given you something that I don't have. Clarity. It was Buddha who said, if a man lives a pure life, nothing can destroy him. I'm not a man, and I've lived no life. So will this destroy me? Ouch. (laughs) Oh, of course. A cactus on its own, intends no harm. It's only when we interfere that it becomes dangerous. <laughs> I need to remember my own agency here. Oh, thank you, John. You're free to go. Oh, yes, of course. Help yourself. I've got plenty of those. <laughs> so I, I... So those cactus are just a set for this wonderful joke. Yes. <laughs> I... Knowing, ah, well, okay, I don't want to, just in case anybody's watching it for the first time with us, I don't want to spoil it, but watching Jianyu try to puzzle his way through (laughs) what Michael is saying, you know, should Eleanor stay here or should she go, should I, she be sent to the bad place? So she should be sent to the bad place? No? Uh, So... No, I shouldn't not send her to the bad place, or I shouldn't not not send her. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's the fact that like this guy who's the architect who's loved like lived this these thousands of years mm-hmm. is going to a this guy who is he thinks because this guy is a, is posing as a Buddhist. He doesn't know he's posing as a Buddhist, right? Um. 
thinks he's wiser than this guy who's built this entire neighborhood. Right, he makes, right, right. He seeks him for guidance all the time. I think just is like just amazes me. Like just a how Michael is obsessed with humans and who they are. But also that he thinks that Gianna just because he's Buddhist is somehow has like the leg up. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I it's <laughs> Yes. Meanwhile And Transformers. And oh, <laughs> fuck Transformers. <laughs> I'm so upset by that franchise. You have you well, you have some idea because I have said many times how upset that franchise makes me. I I, I heard your conversation with uh uh Barb Vanderberg and uh um it wouldn't be the first time that I've had that conversation no. about just how badly I hate Michael Bay because of his ruining uh, a childhood memory of mine so mm-hmm. terribly, yeah. just soiling it beyond all recognition. It's true. I think we've it's, had this discussion, not on the podcast maybe, but I think we've had this discussion. It's essentially, if I uh, if I can put a finer point on it, like Michael Bay came and took one of my favorite cartoons and wiped his ass with it and then showed it to me. <laughs> and you like, did not like I've what made you saw. this movie <laughs> <laughs> and I paid to see it. <laughs> I paid to see all five. I theater. I kept hoping that it would be better. I went and saw the first one. I was like, this is terrible. What the fuck, Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> Which is not the first or last time that I said, what the fuck, Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> and, and you're probably not the only person. <laughs> ex- exactly. Uh, and and then I, 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 I went and I did it again. And I, 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 don't, I, I don't know why, but I did. I did. And I was sorely disappointed again. And... Was that the one that had Kelsey Grammer, or was it the next one that had Kelsey Grammer? I think it's... Is it the third one? The third one has Francis McDormand. What? Yes. So, I think the second one has Kelsey Grammer. I think the third one has Francis McDormand. The... Maybe. Francis McDormand's end one. I I know that when they get to the third one, it's, it's Marky Mark. Yeah, fourth is Marky Mark. Um, fourth is Marky Mark was LaBeouf LaBeouf is in three because is he yes is the third one where he goes to college um second I it doesn't matter we're spending way too much time talking about this awful franchise other than the fact that it had good people such as Stanley Tucci yeah one of my favorite favorite writers and actors slash directors Mm -hmm. and and uh, apparently I'd forgotten. I, I had like maybe made myself forget that Frances McDormand was in one of them. I'm trying to figure out which one she's in. I'm not sure if her and the Marky Marks cohabitate. Uh, uh, of course, the great John Torturo was awful in one or two of them. I think there's a few Coen Brothers regulars have had their names soiled as a result of the Transformers movies. I don't, I don't get it. I guess a paycheck is a paycheck. Perhaps it was one of those films that financed uh, Fading Gigolo. (laughs) (laughs) 
which I have not seen. I I actually have a Blu-ray copy of that. <laughs> I I like that film. It's it's uh, again it's it's got the problematic Woody Allen in it, but he he's very funny in it. Uh, it's a a rare comedic turn for him in a film that he doesn't write or direct. Oh, so Francis McDormand is in Dark of the Moon. I uh, believe that is the third. Okay, I'm pretty. I want to say that that's that's the better of of the five. Keeping in mind the bar is really low so here, so low, so very very low. Um, that is probably the best of the three because I think that's the first one they did in 3D. Okay, and that's one where Michael Bay realized he couldn't make a cut every four seconds. Sure. Um. I, I don't know. Let's let's move on. This, again, uh, this is going to end up being our longest episode, topping the previous one. I know. I just wanted to thought we kind of going. <laughs> and we've we've talked about ten minutes of the show. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, all right. What I I don't feel like we necessarily need to talk about it, although it is a pivotal component. Uh, but dress bitch. I yeah, and I don't know if we need to talk about churro dogs. Sure. Okay. I this first. I I, I know I'm a, a, veg, a vegetarian, right? So certainly at the time that this episode aired, I would not have known. But I was. I haven't always been a vegetarian, and I have mm. never heard of churro dogs being a thing. So I while we were talking about Transformers too, mm-hmm. I I not only was I googling Francis McDormand. You were multitasking. I was multitasking. I also kind of did this a little bit last night too when I was watching the episode. Mm-hmm. Churro dogs as Eleanor describes them, which I believe is a um like a hot dog wrapped in beef jerky. <laughs> well, no, so if I remember correctly, it's a hot dog sandwich between two churros tied together by a slim jim. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, and it's important to differentiate that Slim Jims and beef jerky are not the same thing. Okay. Um, but yes, you are correct. Um, churro dogs. Well, beef jerky has beef, right? <laughs> exactly. Beef jerky has beef. Slim Jim has something. Some concoction of, of beef flavored product. <laughs> Mostly beef wire. Okay. Um, but, uh, so those in the way that Eleanor has described, those are not, real churro churro dogs if you go to a d-backs game mm-hmm. they have the this delight that i accidentally had once i called it H- well, not accident i ordered it <laughs> <laughs> um but i didn't know what i was getting into mm-hmm. is a churro dog which is two churros with um it's like a banana split okay but instead of bananas it's churros okay and um I just want like maybe a churro with some ice cream in, but then mm-hmm. they give me like this big gigantic thing. That probably cost like twenty bucks. Right? Um, it was <laughs> not. It was close. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was with my like my in my nieces came to visit, so I shared it with them. Thank God. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. much to the chagrin of my brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, he, he did not, he was not pleased, <laughs> uh, that I sugared up his kids. Um, but, um, I, I love churros and I love ice cream and, mm-hmm. um, it's churro dogs are sort of like frozen yogurt. And the fact that, um, is one of those things that, um, humans have sort of took something that was really good mm-hmm. 
and just by simply combining them mm-hmm. has made them slightly less appealing so we can enjoy them. <laughs> well, except that I believe that yogurt is done in the at least under the guise of being better for you right. than ice cream, whereas what you're describing sounds like it would actually be worse for you if you either just ate the churro separately mm-hmm. or just ate the ice cream. So I love churros. <laughs> I love ice cream. The two together... It like you think it'd be great, it's and it not, was not. It's okay. not. It, it, it gave me a tummy ache. I will take your word for that, my <laughs> so, friend. Uh, I will let you have had the experience for me. Yeah, and, as a warning. And um, as far as dress bitch goes, as we were talking about that, it's yeah, it's pretty much one of the. So the dress bitch in question mm-hmm. is a terrible person. Yes, I don't know that she deserved that. No, no one did. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's certainly one of, uh, the least good things that Eleanor did on, Mm -hmm. during her time out, but she's also not the person who ordered the t-shirts. No, but she profited. She did. Mm -hmm. Yes. And bought the $900 dress. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I, I can't help but think that. So supposedly, Parks and Rec mm-hmm. and Good Place are in a shared universe. That's what I've heard. Yes. Yes. Um, I, which which is how been, they could be? I I'm still waiting to see. Um, so apparently there's some show or something that discusses this particular show too. But oh yes, yeah, there's, yeah. You, there's. I've heard there's another podcast. I heard there's another podcast. Motherfuckers! I know. Sons of bitches. <laughs> they probably started before us and everything. I know. Bastards took her idea, and, um, but again, it's hosted by us. So um, yes, but um, I can't help but thinking that Eleanor and John Ralphio from Parks and Rec just have this. Um, maybe meet each other at some point, um, or best friends at some point. I'd like to see what happens if Eleanor and John Ralphio ever met. Yeah, I well, uh, see, no, I can't talk about it because that's the new season. Uh, that I'm thinking of of a scene with with uh, Adam Scott. Ah. See that that makes me. I don't know. I won't. I won't talk about it. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it off mic. Okay. But okay. So we're gonna we're gonna zoom a little bit past dress bitch, be, and I want to go to. Um, I think it's. I had it, seventeen minutes. Okay. It might be because we're going little, to. I want to go to Bad Place Radio. Okay. Uh, so let's see whereabouts we are here. I might have. I might not have gotten the right time code for that. Uh, but we we will find out here. Given what you know about the people who've been brought here, the lives they've led, do you think you belong in the good place? No, I don't. Hello, bad place. What's up, dummy? <laughs> this is Michael, the architect from Good Place Neighborhood 12358W. I'm guessing you've been looking for someone called Eleanor Shellstrop. She's here. Come and get her. Da, da, da. And thus we are introduced to the people of the bad place. Yes. Yeah. 
a big fan of Adam Scott. Oh, God, don't even get me started how much I love Adam Scott. Hello, Trevor. Hey, there he is. Good to see you again, Mikey. Hey, think fast. I brought you something. Oh, nuts. Thank you. <laughs> oh, flaming snake ate all the nuts you brought me. You're too nice to humiliate. Oh, hello. Hi. You look like a piece of crap. Are, are you Eleanor? Dude, you're like a legend in the bad place. You're, check this out. Huh? <laughs> He's pretty great, right? right? Trevor, yeah. do you know what caused this mistake? Because I cannot figure it out. No, we're stumped. But uh, don't sweat it, champ. She's definitely one of ours. So we'll just roll on out, and you can get back to uh, putting rainbows up your butt or whatever you do here, okay? <laughs> Let's hit it, sweetheart. We got a long ride. What? Right now? Trevor, for decency's sake, let her have some goodbyes. Ugh. God, good people are the worst. Okay, uh, 30 minutes. We gotta get back for The Bachelor. I'm gonna be pissed if I miss the rose ceremony. <laughs> I just wanna say once more, for the record, that this whole good-bad system is bullshit. There should be a medium place for people like me who kinda sucked, but in like a fun, chill way. I agree. I'm sorry. But in a fun, chill way? Yes. Okay. So the, the medium place, this, this sounds to me sort of like purgatory. Yes. So Mormonism has a medium place. Okay. So um, for anyone who's ever set, had uh, gentlemen in white shirts and ties in your home, <laughs> uh, the, the lesson they'll give you is the plan of salvation. So when you die... Um, there is a, um, there is purgatory mm -hmm. or it's not called purgatory, but you kind of hang out, wait. And, um, those who were not given, are there snacks? Maybe. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to give, I am really trying to give like the short, the short, short version. Okay. Yeah. I, I will, I'll keep my comments yeah. myself. For <laughs> but now. no, uh, but please speak up because, uh, <laughs> if, if you feel it could add humor or color to the conversation, <laughs> uh, it just, it seems mean. I don't know. Go for it. Go ahead. Um, so there is a, pur there is a purgatory, uh, where, um, you are, um, sort of like Eleanor is right now where she's becoming as the episode becomes the most improved person. Mm -hmm. So if you do not grow up, um, with Mormonism in your life, um, you can decide for yourself that that's something for you. Um, or if um, you grew up in a time before Mormonism was all around, you could learn about it and convert. Um, but once, once Jesus returns to the planet, um, to Earth, and uh, the planet of salvation comes to fruition, you are put into uh, three distinct places. There's the celestial, the telestial, and the terrestrial kingdom. Celestial is the good place. Okay. And even in the celestial kingdom, there are even three degrees of three degrees of awesomeness it in seems the celestial kingdom. I know, ridiculously right? Ridiculously complicated. It, it, it's ridiculously complicated, but it's also kind of, you know. It also seems like a video game. But it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. There's celestial, which is the their good place. Mm -hmm. There's the terrestrial, which is sort of the bad place, but it's pretty much just Earth without your family. Because let's face it, being around because they 
Martin's believe that family is what brings the most joy in the world. Mm -hmm. So if you're not with your family, you're just going to have a awful time. Terrestrial, I think is, or telestrial, it would be the medium place where you still don't have contact with your family, but it's less sucky than the terrestrial place, but it doesn't have the awesomeness of the celestial place. All right. Supposedly there's also a hell and that's where the rapists and the murderers go. Gotcha. Um, so um, that's the very short version. If you want to know more, please visit uh, mormon.org. Or is that a thing? I, so I don't even know if mormon.org is a thing anymore. Just because, so from from what I have to understand from people I know who are still in the church, um, there's a lot of overhauling going on since. Like a remodel? Sort of. <laughs> so there's a, so... The last prophet passed away, Thomas Monson, and they um, there's a line of succession. So the new president prophet is Russell Ballard, and he does not like using he. They don't like using Mormon anymore because Mormon is a nickname. Okay, that is um, that people were used a shorthand for. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints because it's kind of a mouthful. So they just took the Book of Mormon um, and just said anyone who's a member of the church is a Mormon. Okay. And for a while, I think it was just embraced a, as a we don't care as long as it doesn't muddle the message. Sure. Um, but I think they don't want to be, I don't know what the reasoning is now. And I don't, I personally don't pursue it very much mm-hmm. uh, to find out what the reasoning is other than it's, it's kind of goes back and forth. Um, I think the emphasis they want to be is that Mormonism is a, a Christian church because Christ is at the center of it. Mm-hmm. So I think they want to keep that going and, and emphasize that more as um, the church does become more popular as they feel that things are going that is a Christian center church as yeah. Okay, so they're trying to get rid of like the Mormon stigma or whatever. Yeah. I think people for a while people didn't think that Christianity, uh, Mormon was part of Christianity because they didn't think that Christ was at the center of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas you talk to any Mormon, Christ is at the center of the church. Like it's the center of the teachings. They do believe in the Bible. Um, they just, the Book of Mormon is like they're a supplement, is a companion to that book. Okay. Um, and then anytime a prophet speaks or anything that's also considered gospel to a point. I, I see. So, uh, uh, sorry, we went to a very long religious diatribe. No, that's, it's, you uh, know, it's it's something that I'm completely unfamiliar with, yeah. uh, other than from a a uh, you know, yeah. not necessarily compassionate place. Uh, yeah, and I don't. And for me personally, I disagree with most of the social aspects of that church, mm-hmm. um, which is why I don't really associate with myself much at that anymore. But 
um, the people are good to, to the degree that, um, I mean, they're good people. Most of the people I know are very nice mm-hmm. and I've grown up with it all my life. So I'm not, I don't harbor any ill will towards it. No one is out there. I don't think anyone from the church would ever you see at a rally or mm-hmm. like, or anything like that. Um, but I definitely disagree with a lot of the social issues because I think it goes against love one another, which is the, I think the most thing that whatever deity is up there is what we would, uh, we want us to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like John Lennon said. Exactly. Yeah. What John Lennon said. Uh, right. Okay. Yeah. So... I do. I, I want to address the kind of change in in the relationship with Tahani and Eleanor. So I want to go to that spot real quick. Oh, Did yeah. you want to say anything about no her goodbye to Chidi? No. I well, I think I didn't have anything particularly to say about the goodbye to Chidi, but I did. Um, I the one, but yeah, you were getting to the one that Tahani goodbye. Yes, and... To see you off. It's the neighborly thing to do. You guys came to say goodbye because you're my friends. Well, I suppose some part of me possibly has a sense of casual kinship with you. (laughs) Much as one might be fond of a street cat. (laughs) Thanks, Tahani. Sorry about everything. I'm really glad we're friends. So, so that's her oh, first... Oh, hey, Dum Dum, you ready to go? Her first... Oh, uh, you must be cheating. ...admission there. or Well, not her first admission, but her first, like... Because we, as we've had this conversation, we, we skipped over this... Um, no, actually, that comes in the next one, isn't it? So yeah. we'll talk about that with the next one. But uh, it's it's really the first instance of her genuinely letting her guard down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really well played. I you know as, as uh, for a character and and Kristen Bell has 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 portrayed her throughout. It's this very kind of uh, you know jokey, never take anything really seriously kind of person. Mm-hmm. And she throughout kind of sprinkles these genuine moments of of uh, where you really feel like Eleanor is growing as a person. Mm-hmm. And then there's, this is kind of like the breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Like she, she is in that hug uh, that she gives to honey mm-hmm. and in saying how glad she was that they're friends and even then acknowledging that friendship. And it's just this, it's, it's really, as you were saying, most improved, mm-hmm. but, uh, but like a huge 180 from the person she was when she woke up in the good place. Mm-hmm. It's, Probably the only moment too where she isn't defensive. She right. doesn't have. Yeah, she's very genuine. She's yeah. not. She's not. She's not qualifying uh, her feelings, her emotions. Mm-hmm. I. It's probably the most touching moment in the show so far. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, it. it I got a little. For it's, yeah, it's it's a touching moment. Yeah, uh, which is of course why they had to 
they had to immediately follow it up with, oh, hey, dum-dums. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's as if um, M. Scott is somehow channeling Jason Manzukis. <laughs> A little bit, yes. Yes. Trying to improve her. Bold plan, bro. Oh, actually, she learned a great deal in a very short amount of time. Oh, really? Really? I don't care. All right, let's hit it. Oh, also, you should smile more. You have such a pretty smile. Love you, babe. Can't wait to torture you. That's the absolute worst. Can't wait to torture you. This is the 318 to the bad place, making thousands of stops for literally no reason. (laughs) Now, you'll notice it's very hot in here, and it will get one degree hotter every time you think about how hot it is. Oops. You just thought about it. <laughs> Michael? Oh, hi, Judy. Want some pizza? Bad Place crew delivered a hundred of these to my office. <laughs> All Hawaiian. The oh, worst pizza. Michael, I murdered Janet. Okay, so what is your opinion on the Hawaiian pizza? It's, it's not pizza. It's an abomination. It is. Okay, just I, I wanted to make sure we're all we're all clear on that. Uh, because it is terrible. It is the worst. I knew about Eleanor from the beginning. I've been trying to help her become a better person, and when she found out that your retirement meant that you would be tortured, she immediately tried to find a way to prevent it. Eleanor is learning. She's just doing it after she died. I did enjoy her company. But this is not Little League. There is no award for most improved player, Jimmy. Well, maybe there should be. One final note, the (laughs) dining car is at the very back of the train. It serves only room temperature Manhattan clam chowder, and also, it's closed. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Stop this train! Dude, what the fork? Not leaving. Podcast plug her. <laughs> Not yet. Come on. Thank you, M. Scott. Wait, you want to keep her? Bro, that's our girl. We agreed on this. No, what we agreed on was that this was a mistake. Trevor, we're in uncharted territory here. Until we can sort this out, she stays with us. All right, fine. But until this is resolved, we're keeping the other Eleanor. Fine. What? I'm sorry. The other Eleanor? <laughs> yeah, the real Eleanor, the one that was supposed to be here but got sent down to us instead. She's on the train. Eleanor, come on out. Okay, so... They were leaving. Hi, everyone. I'm yeah. Eleanor Shellstrop. They were leaving... They had absolutely zero intention of dropping her off in mm-hmm. the good place. Now they wanted, I guess, another person to torture her. Yeah, I it's 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 interesting to me though that that Adam Scott um I see trees of green. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. So there's absolutely uh, what at this point, I mean, we know because we've seen it, but at this point, what is the, the you know, that there was that, I, I don't know. It's like, what was the, like, what's the play there? Yeah. The, they were going to leave anyway. They were not going to give the, the real Eleanor quote unquote, uh, to the, to the good place. And his threat is 
well, fine, but we're not, we're, we're keeping the good Eleanor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's, there was no previous knowledge. She's been on that train the whole time then too. But we weren't there. Possibly stuck in the, in the closed dining car. (laughs) But were they, but were we even in discussion? Did, were we even privy to the discussion of, they just called, he just called them to pick him up, her up. Right. He never knew there. Supposedly, we've never known there's another Eleanor. Exactly. So it was that just like she appears like that's their their wild card. The yeah. You know, we you were gonna get nothing. We were just gonna take our Eleanor and keep the good Eleanor, and you mm-hmm. were never gonna be the wiser. I think that's the play because it's it's one of those. I know you've never seen Lost, but it's one of those cool twists at the end. Is of Lost. It? okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I will take your word for it. Let's do the wrap up real quick. We might yeah. be able to escape uh, with without hitting the two hour mark. So, <laughs> what? Uh, any final thoughts for you from this episode? Cheaty. He what finally made Chidi? a decision. He did. He made a very uh, definitive decision. Yes. Too. There should be a most improved player. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes. That was that was something I did not notice until we watched it again. That um, he is. He is someone who is a most improved player. He, he 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 too is improving. Right. Yes. And to a degree, Tahani is too because, I mean, she she also does the one eighty from thinking that. Well, that that Eleanor would just be trash. Yes. Yeah. And she's not trash. And then Jason's just Jason. He's just Jason. Jason is Jason. just Jason. Yes. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else? Nope. Uh, okay. Other than thanks for the pl- thanks for the plug, I'm Scott. <laughs> yes. What? Well, yeah. He does. He probably does the best what the fork delivery. You know he means fuck. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, we didn't name it, mention it at the top, so I'm going to mention it real quick. If you would like to complain about this episode, please email us what the fork pod at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, if you're going to review us, please judge us on the episodes where we're a little tighter. <laughs> <laughs> And 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 go ahead and review us on iTunes. We're everywhere now, by the way, pretty much because we're on all podcatchers. They just automatically update, and then we're also on. Uh, now we're on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Uh, Stitcher is the new one that we're on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spotify and Google Play Music. So pretty much anywhere that I've I've had to submit to in order to get listed, or at least the major ones, we're there. Oh, excellent. Uh, and then I'll do, oh yeah, and we're at what the fork pod on, on Twitter and, yes. uh, we post sometimes. Yes. We <laughs> I post sometimes. And, uh, I, I'm often, uh, often my witty banter is retweeted. Yes, quite. But Jared's is wittier, of course. Uh, well, I don't, I don't tend to retweet myself. I don't know. Uh, anyway. Okay. But that's it. Thank you all for listening. And, uh, and, and we're out. <laughs> <laughs> Did we get under two hours? Step in time, count them in, just to be real sure. This ain't a revolution anymore. They promised me heaven, I was hoping for something more.